0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Go for it. Go for it, we're live. I'm sometimes a bit bit sneaky in my intros, so um, yeah. So this will probably go in, I won't remove this, (laughs) I'll leave it it.
1: Fine with me, I like authenticity.
0: (laughs) Lucky enough it's not um, Johnny saying something racist, sexist. Bigoted in any way because usually that's what happens. He's like, "You recorded, yeah, we've got all of what you just said, Johnny." <laughs> <sighs> uh, um People listening might think that that's not Johnny's voice, so we'll uh, we'll tell you whose voice that is if you don't know it. So we'll tell it in a minute. But first off, we do have Ed. Hello, Ed. Hello. You alright? Yeah, I'm good. This is episode one hundred and six, by the way, in case anyone's interested. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm great, mate. I'm. I'm not looking forward to um, watching Love Island like you are. So, well, stop waffling and uh, let's crack on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sudden change of direction in conversation. <laughs>
2: um, actually, no. I did hear something interesting about you uh, earlier on when I was doing my client updates. I hear you're doing a 48
0: mile walk on Friday. I think it's 47, but yes, okay, not that matters. Oh, I best take some carbs away from Ben then. Um. I've had, yeah, so we are just for context. Um, I am doing a forty seven mile walk this weekend for charity. Um, it's for the Norwich City Community Sports Foundation charity that looks after uh, or they support disabled, I think children or potentially adults as well, but they basically support them in uh, lots of ways and trying to basically just improve obviously their lives and and help them kind of kind of do stuff they wouldn't normally be able to do. So um really worthwhile charity what um uh, a lot of people have been asking me at work though is like oh because i'm doing it within um the aviva business that i work for uh they've been asking do you, what do i need to do in terms of nutrition then because obviously they know that i'm also a nutritionist and i keep saying nothing you're walking i don't think you need to worry too much about nutrition you'd like walking I appreciate it's quite a feat 48 miles but let's be honest we're going to be fed and watered pretty well throughout i don't think people need to too much, worry too much about carb loading and stuff
2: so um yeah all I've done with Ben is given him a few extra carbs tomorrow because he is dieting at the moment um so a few extra carbs and then a few extra carbs on the actual day as well it'll still be in a deficit so um well an estimated deficit uh so yeah so we'll use it to it, our advantage but obviously I don't want him dying like halfway around so He won't die.
0: Uh, obviously the he, difference is
2: he, you know he's a lean chap he, uh, he
0: is but he's <laughs> not going to die me Um the difference being obviously the office workers that I uh, obviously work with probably aren't really in the same situation. So I think they can probably have, uh, mm-hmm. avoid a little bit of carbohydrate loading because they're probably doing good. So, of course, cool, that's was abusive, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> should, we, should we move on? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, As I always say, when we've got guests, it's probably really awkward just sitting there listening to two lads chat about how their week's been. So um, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to Johnny, a.k.a. not really Johnny. Um, we have today – sorry, Tanya, you're going to have to um, – Say your own surname because I'm either going to get it's either filer or feeler and I'm going to get it wrong, whatever it is. So filer filer, filer.
1: I would have definitely filer. said I would have definitely said Filor. I'll take either. Do you know my name has been mispronounced ever since I was born? So I just answer to anything that's easier. That's
0: basically what. Um, not how many two episodes ago when we had Rab on. Um, I've known Rab for well three years, maybe a bit, about three years. I think I've been calling him Rabin the entire time. And then he finally told me, no, it's Rabin. I was like, oh,
2: no. I so call him Rabin as well. So, well no, and he's, he's never said, corrected me. Every time I've met exactly, him, he's never corrected me. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's what he said. He said, basically, everyone does it. And it's got so far that he just can't correct anyone nowadays. He has to just say, and he said, basically, I just shorten it to Rab to make it easier. But if you don't call him Rab and you are not calling him Rabin, then it's like, oh, that doesn't work. So, um, okay, well, at least we established that. So... <laughs> Was it a feeler or fine? <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um tell the audience what you want them to know about yourself
1: okay so i'm a social media marketing consultant um i've been working with fitness and health professionals um helping them grow their profiles and um, helping them figure out their client avatars basically showing them how to use their social profiles to maximize their reach and obviously grow client bases um I get involved in a lot of discussions which is I think probably how I met you online we were probably involved in a group discussion in some fitness Facebook group well, um and came yeah one another.
0: I, I don't I, I don't know if it was through MNU but I think our first major like direct interaction was not so in a group format I think you gave me some
1: stick um, yeah well <laughs>
0: I think, I think you gave me some unprompted <laughs> feedback on one of my Facebook pages regarding the Slimming World group. And you can imagine how that went.
1: So, um, yeah, that I would have probably tried to steer you away from um, an unethical approach, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no, I think I, I remember quite vividly, I think you said I had been given lots of feedback there which was useful to use and I think by lots of feedback um i had been given lots of objection to my opinion on Slimming World yeah so I guess there is definitely I mean at the time obviously it's kind of like well I'm so I'm kind of so bought into one idea of what I think about Slimming World it's hard to listen to other people
1: so yeah
0: Was um, this on your personal profile yeah, this was obviously a yeah, couple of couple of years ago or probably longer. I don't know. It's probably like yeah. last last week, was it? Last week? Might <laughs> be last week. Like, I very rarely like I'll be honest, like, and I know this is not what we're here to talk about today, but I have found that my uh, actions or I suppose like even my uh, yeah, just it's just say action. my actions on social media have changed so much in the last couple of years. Like I barely use it anywhere near as much as I used to. And I certainly don't get dragged into debates like I might have done even a couple of years ago very rare and
1: why do you think that is what what has changed i
0: genuinely that i genuinely change? got tired of it that's the only one described mm-hmm. i'm tired of it i got tired of because i suppose it's like and i'm sure you'll concur with this like d- across the internet where everyone has a voice where most people probably shouldn't get given a voice but they do um and via a method of communication, which I believe no one should really be communicating through, i.e., text, that nothing fruitful comes out of any type of debate or conversation. Like, no one wins no matter what happens. Very rarely do you ever get a solid conversation across there where it's like, I oh, do you know what, there's a really good outcome out of that. Because, just yeah. two people going on and neither side giving in, and you end up just thinking, right, oh. this is the main reason why I'd never gone on Twitter because it's the cesspool of people arguing and just well as gross.
1: Yeah, so, and this is what happens when you have um boundaries and context removed from communication. Um and that's what social media does. It can remove boundaries. Um, it removes the filter that people have face to face. and it makes you a little bit braver. It's like when you've had a couple of drinks um, and you're out and somebody bumps into you, you get a bit more braver about how you respond to them and that's what happens with social media people forget that the person that's responding is a human and they have family they have feelings um, and it becomes a battle of wills and if you get two pig-headed overconfident people in an argument um, about opinion because I mean if it's a fact you cannot argue a fact a fact is a fact so when you've got two people with differing opinions that's never going to end well because an opinion is just that it's an opinion it will be different um but yeah that's uh it's a very energy and time draining um way to use social media Mm. definitely
0: you're 100 you're 100% right about taking like humanity away from it because that's the biggest problem people people like you say grow a pair of um, massive kahunas because they're like well actually i don't feel like well, one, there's, no, there's, there's almost no repercussions, what you say, because obviously you can just turn your laptop off and disappear off and you think, oh, that's the end of it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but also, like, when you take the humanity aspect out of it, people don't feel like they're speaking to an individual. Like you say, they're just talking to a computer screen or a username or something. So all of those things you said, it's just that's the biggest problem. That's why, like, I just think uh, it's the worst way to communicate. We almost shouldn't be communicating across that type of stuff. But ironically, it's like the thing that we all do the most now in this yep. age.
1: Yeah, and that's where um, that's where ethics come in in quite a big way. If you're if you're unethical in your messaging and your communication, if you don't behave online the way that you do offline, because that's what ethics is—it's a kind of practice that you adhere to regardless. Um, and if your ethical behaviour online doesn't match your behaviour offline, that's when there's a massive disconnect between um, what you do and what you say you do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I suppose like, oh, Ed, were you going to say something, or nope. as the moment, the moments passed, as Alex would say?
2: No, <laughs> 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 The only thing I was going to add uh, a few minutes ago was just um, uh, it was funny how talking about not kind of getting engaging an argument online because that's kind of how we all met. Like the all the Triple N guys. That's how we all met was through. Um, well, we met through like M and U and other things, but that's how we became friends with our our bonding of trolling people. Um, which is quite funny
1: <laughs> shared, shared behavior
2: yeah 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 but now i don't think any of us do it anymore um again it's a time thing for me um and also i think once you've done it a couple of times and it's the same arguments you're having with the same people and you're just like yeah. well they're, they're not going to change their opinion based on somebody who they don't know shouting at them on it in, on instagram
0: chat or whatever right yeah <laughs> not, <you know>.
1: exactly <laughs> so, yeah it's,
0: it's it's funny like how You're right. We we I suppose I wouldn't say trolling, but we were correcting people's misinformation. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not trolling. That is um it's passionate um myth busting, yeah, misinformation. It's um I hate the way that some people approach it, but if you're going into confront somebody's information or opinion and you think that it's wrong and you can get into a debate about it and not attack people personally then it creates a discussion and it can create relationships like you guys obviously with your no-nonsense nutrition um, community that's when social media works positively in that um, environment but it's when people go in all guns blazing they're not actually prepared to listen to the other person it's more about a dick measuring contest than than anything else There trying to raise their standing and just basically get in their there
2: it always goes that way though as well it always turns a bit sour or a bit nasty i find even if it's like a real positive conversation you're having to start off with because it's like a, you, you can't shout any louder so it just gets no. a bit more aggressive uh um, yeah
1: and yeah, that's if... testosterone
2: <laughs> <laughs> well even with women though um well their, their own testosterone levels um and uh, I, I remember a, a conversation we had in this was before the main no nonsense group was the no nonsense group and it was um matt and johnny's group and whatever they called it um there was a, a woman in there who claimed to to do something in nutrition and what she was saying was just generally like it it, it was wrong um it wasn't yeah. an opinion it was just wrong factually and um I remember getting really aggro with her because she just wasn't listening, even though I was breaking it down, she wasn't listening. And I read it back like a few hours later and I was like, oh God, I come across as such a dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I was a right dick. <laughs> uh, you were a
1: dick, but you were right. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: and, and that's I think that was like one of the last times I, I kind of properly engaged in, in deep conversation about something. Um, yeah. Just leave people to it unless um, somebody might like die from it. Maybe I might just, uh,
0: yeah. But, might chip in if someone started saying, oh, "I'm just going to drink bleach, mm. you know, lose some weight." It's probably not a good idea, mate. Well, wow, natural <laughs> natural selection. Well, I was going to
1: say. <laughs> uh,
0: I, yeah, I was. I was just going to say. I, I suppose, like, just to I don't know if qualifies the right word, but to, just just to suppose to relate to to anyone that might be listening that thinks, "Oh well, you know, I, I like to speak or chat to people on Facebook or you know, like correct misinformation stuff." I suppose it's kind of one of the things where like you your approach that you take, uh, this is my personal experience. It's changed a lot purely because I've had to just go for the experience of getting it wrong. And yeah. like it I suppose like your your little um anecdote there, Ed, around like kind of you read it back a little while, later, oh I did I did come across as a right dick. And like the feedback you'd have given me on this Slimmer World post, Tanya. Like it's just stuff like that where it's taken me that long to just go through to realise actually my approach stuff has to change massively because they're just, they're not going to get the outcome I want if I, if I don't. So I only learned that from experience. I don't think people telling me from the start was really anything that would quite massively change my approach. Cause I don't know, maybe it's my personality, but I guess I just wouldn't listen. It's the same yeah, as the and this, thing because you're engaging yeah. it though, isn't it? Um, you know, if somebody's shouting at you
2: and you're shouting at them and it's the same thing, isn't it? So, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when you're, um, you do have to learn this stuff by experience and that's that's kind of like what i do with my clients it's coaching it's an element of coaching because you can't relearn a behavior overnight or relearn a habit overnight and discussing things on social media it's it's not just the fitness industry that gets into these debates and spats. it's every industry um because everybody's striving for the same type of client and they want to look like the best option and they think that their methodology is better than somebody else's but approaching people in the right way and leaving them as you found them is um it's a very simple trick to um, pick up it's just think before you type anything um type it then read it and if you really want to hit send send it but it's literally just that pause reflect before you go back because can you refrain it, can you approach it in a better way, how like sometimes I, I'm a very feisty person um, and sometimes I can get brought into discussions I don't really like.
0: Yeah same problem, that's, that's, that's half my, or was half my issue previously. Um, I suppose like so just kind of going through round or to some of the topics that we wanted to talk about so you mentioned about ethics being important I mean I suppose like why Why is that What? What? why would ethics be massively important within someone's like social media strategy or their marketing strategy or so, they, just just sorry just again to, just to qualify it's kind of like well it sounds really obvious but someone asked you why
1: like, uh,
0: uh, I don't know because you've got to be a good person it's like well what is it why, why should they
1: so Ethical behavior, why should you follow ethical practice? Because ethics underpin your branding. They underpin what is behind your business. Um, If you don't know what your values are, if you don't convey what your values are consistently, or you have conflicting values, um, then you're gonna send out a confused message to your market. It will harm your business. It will harm your personal brand. So having strong ethics um, that is consistently conveyed, it just cements your branding and it builds trust because the whole point of social media is to build that no like trust element with your audience to get them to buy from you. It's the beginning of your funnel, that first message, that first touch point. If you're not quite, open or transparent with what you're saying. If there's any kind of conflict there, and people would just switch off. People are really perceptive by nature. We don't know that we're doing it. But when we read a Facebook post or an Instagram post, we subconsciously judge the message behind it. We can pick up on hidden context, um, syntax, certain words that might trigger a feeling in us. And you can't change that perception um, easily. So by having strong ethical messaging consistently, you will connect better with your audience much faster.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's 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 an element of like um you might have tons and th- or, or, or some people I suppose it's the way i've kind of thought about it or sort of certainly more recently as well you, you would tend to have lots more conversations probably about nothing to do with why you're probably trying to build a relationship i sell them something and you might have a thousand conversations with someone before you first kind of have a conversation or, or give them a sales line or a pitch because doing it that way i suppose like it'd be fair to say that then be far far stronger than if you kind of go in excuse me to buy my stuff
1: yeah yeah but, definitely definitely sorry
0: the ethics kind of all align and that all builds like you say part of your brand and, and strategy I mean so just in terms of some of the types of you know, unethical behavior that you might see and I'll be honest like albeit I kind of thought oh, around the fitness industry and stuff um it doesn't have to be but I guess you deal with most of these fitness industry uh, clients anyway don't you
1: yeah yeah absolutely so a lot of um unethical behavior it's very obvious to spot unethical behavior as well it's People that are selling or promoting things that don't align with their industry or don't align with um, their methodology. So, for example, say suddenly an evidence based practitioner rocks up selling um, BCAAs or is promoting um, herbal life or some other MLM scheme. That would be a massive disconnect between their ethics and their message. And um, that happens more frequently than people think. Even um Silly things like promoting brands that don't align with their ethics. If they're if they're people that talk about climate change or and um, they talk about um, social responsibility, and they suddenly start promoting massive brands that that don't align with that, that's also another unethical practice and unethical behaviour that sends like a confused message to your audience. Um, something else as well as conflicting content. This is probably the biggest culprit. So. If they're talking about, um, for example, I'm trying to think of one of the best examples. Um, If they're saying that body image isn't important, um, how you look is not important. It's more about your connection with food or your emotional connection to food. But their content is consistently focused around what they look like. Um, If they're posting pictures in bikinis but then they're talking about other people posting pictures in bikinis and it's not all about body image it's not all about self-esteem it is a massive massive disconnect because they're not practicing what they want other people to practice they're obviously stuck somewhere it's probably one of the most common men do it not just women but the, the men do it as well they focus on um getting people stronger Um, getting people athletic and it's not all about having massive biceps and a small waist and big quads but yet the only pictures they post of themselves they look like that there's no real authentic connection Um, and I, I believe it's people know that they need to be saying this stuff but they don't know how to convey that because that's not where they are in their own head so sometimes it's um This is a bit deep, but sometimes it's a a self-esteem and a psychological factor that sneaks into their marketing without them realizing. A lot of what I do with my clients comes down to self-confidence. A lot of them don't have the confidence to actually post what they really want to, what they really feel for fear of people laughing at them or people not taking them seriously. If I'm a personal trainer, if I'm a coach, I need to look like I train really hard. Um, they they just don't feel that they can do that, and that's where the disconnect comes with conflicting content. So it's really it's it's a difficult a difficult one to approach because you can't call people out for doing it because they don't know they're doing it. Um, but I think just more people understanding about ethical messaging, about understanding that what they say and what they visually convey to people must match the picture has to match the message otherwise you're i mean playing to the instagram algorithm as well i mean people say i want to post i'm going to post a picture of me and my butt uh, me and my big butt hanging out because i know that it will get more likes which means it will increase my reach but it's increasing your reach to the wrong people it's increasing the reach to people that only want to see pictures of your butt (laughs) it's not getting the message to the people that actually care and would actually buy from you so it's false um false data false metrics that that everybody seems to focus on those those little red hearts and the 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 silly comments but it's something i think is going to take a long time for people to get their heads around but the fact that instagram is trialing removing the option of other people seeing how many likes you have is going to be a massive shift in how people use the platforms i think it's one of the one of the updates that I can't wait to see the results from.
2: It's, uh, we talked about this quite a bit last week um, with Lou Bang. We were saying about people who uh, post photos of themselves wearing next to nothing um, and then are talking about something that just shouldn't have that image as the, you know, the, they're just doing it to catch attention, aren't they? And then whether that person then goes on to read what you've written, um, probably not, because like you say, you're retracting the wrong. Uh, the the wrong audience you're just attracting the people who want to see skinny waists and females with abs and not not reading about positive mental health and loving yourself and stuff Um,
1: yeah
2: but uh, also just on so you're talking about ethics I know I am bad for doing this not in a case of posting like an abs photo and then saying you should be happy with how you look but where do you stand with, so like, if when one post, not I'm not talking about the same day or anything, but if one post you're kind of talking about, um, I know I did it the other week where I um, posted a photo of me on holiday and said, um, this is the first time that I've not dieted for a holiday and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm finally really, really happy with where I am and I'm not bothered about having abs on the beach and stuff like that. And so I was talking about that and that was a kind of a bit of a, a self-love and kind of love yourself and that kind of sort of post. Um, mm mm-hmm. But, and then a lot of the time we are promoting as a, like a package or like as a, um, something we're doing, like the photo shoot thing we did was like, come on, come and get really, really lean with us. Um, and, and it's not the two different things and I'm not using one photo to talk about the other. Um, so where, where does that kind of fit in and where does that stand? You've got, you, you're pushing two messages, um, yeah. but not, not on the same post.
0: You're, so you're just asking if there's an overall theme that people should be using and sticking to rather than potentially mm. a contradiction in themes across multiple days, weeks, or, you know, just your whole strategy. But
1: yes. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 totally fine to have two different approaches like that. So I know that um, I've got my photo shoot coming up on Sunday. I know that the pictures are not going to be anything to do with social media or anything to do with um, what I'm supposed to be doing for business and things like that. I'll be um, lean, probably three quarters naked. Um, and but this is this is about body positivity, and I'm not kind of doing it as a way to say this is what you should all look like. Um, I have problems. I often think I spoke to Brett about it before. Um, I often sort of stop myself and think, am I am I adding to the problem by posting? these pictures am i am i contradicting myself by doing this and it's so long as it is posted and the message conveyed within that is about an experience that you are having or something that you can stand by um, if you're not causing a confusion like a big confusion so Having an aesthetically pleasing photo to promote the packages that you're selling to your clients who want that result, that is not a conflicting message. Then talking about self-love and not having abs, that is also fine because you are showing two sides of the same coin. Because yes you can have abs if you work really hard for it but you know what it's actually okay to not look like that the whole time and it's actually not healthy to be like that the whole time to do it as a one-off experience and to learn from it and to understand how your body responds um is fine that's one of the biggest things i've taken away from the the dieting and the the tracking i've done is learning and understanding how my own body responds to um different points so how much water I've had, at the time of the month, um, fat, carbs, exercise, walking. It's a real massive shift in how I approach um, everything. It's made me understand myself a lot better. And putting that kind of messaging into the posts that I've been doing, I think stands by my, my ethical message that um, I don't ever post anything that is to intentionally mislead or boast or to make somebody else feel bad like what i do is not for everyone what i do is for me if that makes sense yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. i've definitely oh. yeah tried to kind of go with that angle with things like you know if you're not happy where you are then we can help or um if you would like to get abs then we can help and this package is for you i think that's definitely the the tact i've tried to take and i because i've you know none of us apart from maybe Brett a little bit you know naturally really really lean with abs and and all the time and um, it's just because you've got all your fat on your arse, Brett that's why
0: (laughs) I was about to say I am not naturally lean I am far from it I used to be a bright fat little porker Um, sorry I wasn't fat I had fat yeah but I mean uh,
1: this this is how you get your clients um involved with you because Because nobody goes to a nutritionist or a personal trainer and says, I'm coming to you because I want to be able to um, not get osteoporosis when I'm 60. I'm coming to you because I want to be able to run around the park with my grandchildren. They come because they say, I'm not happy with how I look. Can you help me change it? I'm not healthy the way that I am. Can you help me change it? And the reason they're doing that is for a physical change first they don't understand the mental change and um the physiological changes that are going to happen to them everybody wants that appearance change immediately Um, and that's what you have to get people into your net with what you do with them when they're there is where the ethics count
0: that's that's what I was about to ask you because I've often had conversations with either people with with obviously the other guys around saying about exactly what you just said really that often it is the fact that people come to us wanting abs almost or wanting you know to look better be lean or whatever and often it's the most joy you get is when you kind of change their opinions or minds on it and I kind yeah. of wonder how unethical is that if at all to almost knowingly kind of get people not get people in but almost knowingly people come to you with a specific goal but for most, like when they, do, for most people, when they do that, and you can almost tell that even in the initial consultation, that at some point you're thinking they're going to change their opinion, and they're going to all of a sudden but realize actually, you know what? the the actual magic here is not about getting lean the magic is all the stuff that you learn basically all the things you've just said all the things you learn between and the fact that you then get to a point what ed mentioned around i'm now actually quite comfortable where i am i thought yeah. i came here to get lean and actually i've come to you realizing that it's okay not to be lean and actually i'm quite comfortable in the process and just all the things that actually makes me a healthier and happier person so i wonder like is that unethical knowing that kind of almost up front I don't know if I, I posed that question very well.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. No, um, what you're talking about is marketing. So you are dealing with um, a pain point, an emotional pain point. What would be unethical would be to exploit that in a tasteless way. Um, to get People are looking for solutions. They maybe don't know what the solution is, or they maybe don't even know what the problem is until you present it in a way to them that, they understand and they're connecting with so using emotional pain points in marketing is okay it's what we all do and people buy based on emotion you can't take that away we have to we have to use that but to exploit it in a tasteless way um is where bad ethics would, would come in um but you're not so you're you're telling people that you are giving them a solution for what they need and you're helping them you're not sort of making them do uh, a 600 calorie um, shake for six weeks and then they lose the weight and then you dump them with no education that's unethical that is exploiting people's emotions that's exploiting people's behavior um you're not doing that so that's fine
0: good just taking it back to kind of what we saying about people's motives or, or people's authenticity almost Mm -hmm. you said you said you kind of feel like people don't necessarily know maybe that they are causing this either dissonance or um contradiction in their um, messages do you think that's the case for most or do you think some people maybe know what they're doing and they're just
1: oh yeah some people some people know exactly what they're doing they understand how to play the game but those people are very easy to spot because their content is all about them rather than all about their clients um So if you go to any of these people that are promoting healthy body image and every single picture of them is of them, actually, every single picture is of them, their feeds are very aesthetically designed um, and they are doing this for more of an ego boost than anything else, but they know that they're doing it. They're very conscious that they're doing it. The people that don't know they are the ones that have a very confused feed anyway. Um, the ones that just don't know who their clients are. They don't know who their audience is. Um, and they maybe don't even understand their own industry. They don't understand what they're meant to be doing. There's a lot of shit coaches out there. There's a lot of shit people in most industries, to be honest. Social media gives too many idiots a platform to push their stuff You can be absolutely anybody on social media. There's there's very little um, due diligence done with people online, very little checking of qualifications, checking of references, checking of credentials. So it's really easy to be suckered in by somebody pertaining to be um, a fully qualified online coach and then destroying people. There's a lot of crap
2: this, I think it's definitely the people who are in it for QuickBook, more so than the people who are in it for a career. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And also uh, it's funny how you said that about qualifications. The only time in two and a half, three years of coaching online, uh, the only time I've ever been asked what qualifications I have, what my background is was a, a guy who was doing a degree in nutrition who wants to, uh, to know what to do next. And he wasn't, it wasn't nothing to do with coaching, like me coaching him or anything like that. Um, it was just that, that was it. He just wanted to know what courses to do. Um, and that's the only time pretty much I've ever been asked or you ever do get asked is because people want to do the courses you've done never in the, you know, helped well over a hundred people. Um, and not one of those people have, have said, how do you know your stuff? Where did you learn your stuff? Like what gives you the right to tell me? what to do and what gives you the right to take my money for, for giving that information. Um, and I know we, we talk about it a lot on here and we kind of go on about what we've done in the past and all that, but, um, online and where you've got, you know, hundreds of followers or whatever, not, not one of them has ever said. So how, how do you know this? Why is this right? And why is it not a case of, you know, I have to wrap myself in cling film and only drink one, pure shake a day um or whatever other, uh, other shakes are available <laughs> oh my one of the guys i went on holiday with he when we flew back he was wearing a Huel t-shirt and i noticed when i was in his flat he had a, uh, a bag of it on the top of the um kitchen counter top like uh, the cupboards and his uh, his missus is a dietitian too and i was just like it was just one of those moments where you just have like a really big long sigh um i didn't say anything there it's not uh, that bad. No, expensive. I know, but it's just like, come on. Expensive, what it is? Yeah, he's a good chef as well. Like, you know, he's not a chef, but you know, he's good at cooking and stuff as well. So, and he knows about food and oh, just yeah. <laughs> Finished. Yeah, rant good. over. <laughs> I I've would got, I've got have at least one rant each podcast.
0: So just get it out there. <laughs> I think, um, like Tony said about how. Uh, a lot of the people that are knowingly kind of putting out these conflicting messages or, or kind of fall into this ethics trap, and the people have like messy feeds and stuff, which I sometimes think like, yeah, that's that's kind of me probably because I, I kind of feel like I don't have a strategy on an agenda. Which is probably why I should hire you, but I kind of feel like we don't have a strategy on an agenda sometimes and it does come out a bit messy and I, I kind of like reflect and think, yeah, I probably have done that.
1: Yeah. I think most people, um, a strategy is simple. What do you want? From your social media that's your strategy if you want more clients that's your strategy how do you get them that's the bit that most people they just think if i post regular content that talks to them in the language that they understand i'll get clients it's not as simple as that because everybody misses out the step that is who is your like exact client market mm-hmm. and client avatar work is not about Location. It's not about gender. It's not about pain points. It's about personality. It's about values. And it's about the art of communication. Um, Social media is there for you to make friends. It's a connection um, platform that just happens to have pretty pictures on it. The pictures are there to get people to stop scrolling and they will stop scrolling on things that they connect with pictures of dogs things that make them laugh it's not necessarily about the information that you can provide them it's about do I like this person do we have things in common um yes we do a couple of months of maybe getting to know you and they'll go oh yeah he provides this that's something that I might possibly need um there's your client it's a long game and people really forget that in order to get the most from it they need to understand who their best clients are i mean have you ever sat and done any any client work like looked at your clients and thought these are the kind of people that i know i don't want to work with why don't i want to work with people like that what is it that i i hate about that kind of client what is it that i love about this kind of client and then go what did i do to attract them what messaging was i using to attract that kind of person because that's exactly what it does people pick up on certain Um, context and syntax and that's how really it's very clever how people respond to what you say and also what you don't say
2: oh for sure yeah we've kind of been doing it recently in the last few weeks just kind of reassessing our, our client base and looking at it's a funny one because we our actual clients are all very much one type yet our actual our followers and our kind of community Oh completely the opposite it's really, really funny, um yeah, everybody who signs up as a one to one client or um that sort of stuff uh, are all are all one one bracket, one band of people um mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's very, very unusual and very odd, but I think it's where we kind of came from and where we're trying to move to
0: um, yeah, yeah. That's funny, it's funny because I think a lot a lot. I suppose what what Ed's saying, obviously, a lot of our client base. I wouldn't say all, because obviously we do have obviously mm, some different. Yeah, clients, yeah, there's a bit of a lot of our well, we well. we tend to have a trend in a, in a certain type of client, which is almost like the opposite of the type of client we say we as a group we want to attract. So there's definitely something in our strategy that's not attracting the right people. I don't know whether Ed said it's because that's like almost a um, legacy or historic uh strategy that's just kind of still hanging around and obviously the kind of the newer strategy is not quite attracting the
1: yeah the... so your your older clients you, i mean you could be getting word of mouth referrals and referrals from existing clients and their network um but the newer audience yeah if your messaging isn't consistent and doesn't doesn't have the right thought behind it mm. then you then you're obviously it needs work
0: sure just i want to kind of touch on something it's a bit off topic but it's kind of slightly well, you yeah, know it's got a slight tenuous link um and it probably kind of links in with some of the stuff that we did talk about with lou last week around kind of fitness industry and mental health but more specifically on social media um in terms of like social media use within i suppose not the fitness industry but the people that consume the fitness industry i you know clients target markets that type of stuff do you yeah. think it's like a positive thing or a bad thing? Do you think it's detrimental to people's mental health? Is that something you consider in your job? Is that something?
1: You yeah, so social, social media responsibility, social responsibility is something that um, people need to be more aware of. I'm very conscious of what I say um, in my stuff. I'm a parent to two teenagers. I need to be really – I need to lead by example, the kind of things that I put out, would I be happy if my 13-year-old daughter did the same? Um, And it's that kind of attitude. And, yeah, I mean, social media, depending on... So we all have a responsibility to ourselves. We should all be personally responsible for the things we see and the things that we do. Um, If we don't have that ability to go, this is upsetting me, I need to stop doing this, then you can't externally blame anybody for that. a lot of this is down to self. Um, It's perception. We don't help situations. En masse, the the industries can do a lot more. And there are movements by the platforms themselves to help with this kind of stuff. But mental health is obviously a massive thing for everybody. At the moment, there's so much awareness around it. There's so many articles and and documentaries being um, developed around it. But We should definitely be using the platforms in a more mindful way, trying to convey the message that we want people to live by. How would we expect to to be treated or how would we expect to be um, consuming content when we're online? But it's definitely a lot of it is down to personal responsibility. If you can't see that if you're going on to something and continually being upset by it or continually getting triggered by something, it's like punching yourself in the face. You have to have that. That kind of moment of yet yeah, this isn't this is harming me. I need to do something about it. Externally blaming um, platforms um, is not helping. It's not changing the situation.
0: No, for sure. I, I obviously, being a parent, um, albeit one that doesn't really use social media at the moment, but I, I must admit it's something that worries me. As like she might grow up in a world that I've got no idea how. Because I guess like I, I, we're, we're probably I think we've had conversations before about this, to be honest, with Tanya that in that yeah, like the the world that they live in is going to be so different than we are, but they do have to adapt to it. It's not like you can avoid it. So you're not using social media, you can't do it. It's like well, actually, you know, our kids are going to be in a whole different world than what we were used to, and their kids will be. So it's kind of like you have to evolve or adapt with time. So, but it does worry the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie, because yeah, what we touched again with with Lou last week is like well. I think we did actually, mate. Unless I had this conversation away from, it, I don't know. Either way, um, p- the point i was going to make is that at, when 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 you're a kid, or when I was a kid, you go to school. If you had a bad time, or you know, even if you were getting bullied, or whatever that would be, at least when you go home, you had some break because you'd go home and you can lock yourself in your bedroom. Or you can do whatever, or you're with your own friends and you're away from those individuals. Nowadays, you don't even have that. Nowadays, you social media. You're like people, kids are sitting in their rooms and their phones going off ping, 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 ping all night. As a, you know, like, and you know how cruel kids can be yeah Uh, that does worry me that type of of stuff which i'm sure yeah
1: and definitely i've i've had um situations with my own kids where that has kind of crept in and i'm obviously i know about social media i understand how the platforms work and what can be done but it was difficult for me to deal with i had to i had to teach both my kids that when we come into the house um if there's things that bother you. From social media, if your friends are are not behaving in a way that they're supposed to, or if you see something that isn't right, then opening the like communication with me is the best way to go about it. I understand um, what you're dealing with. I see it myself. This is how we can navigate it. The problem is that parents of certain generation, what well, all parents actually, some people are really ignorant of what actually goes on. They're probably as guilty of it as themselves I see so many Facebook arguments between what should be termed or should be responsible parents they're sometimes the absolute worst for misbehavior online they're not leading by example themselves and it's knowing that and recognizing that and parents taking that responsibility for what goes on in their own house with their own children showing them pitfalls showing them how to navigate this kind of stuff um again it comes down to personal and family responsibility it's not the responsibility of the platform to stop that happening it's the responsibility of the parent to educate the child how to deal with their own emotions
2: sure it's uh, it's scary what you see some parents doing on social media though um yeah. and, like what they allow their own kids to kind of I don't know whether "getaway" get away was the right term but I, I might have shared this story before on, on the podcast a while ago but uh, one of the guys who I work with he's uh, what, late 30s um, and uh, he's got kids I think his eldest is 11 something like that and he was saying there's a girl who's the same age as his daughter uh, who lives down the road and she came running in saying Look at this photo she's put on Instagram. So, like, his daughter ran in about this girl down the road. And it was even as in a woman in her 20s, you would say it's a revealing uh, photo. And, um, Brett, that looks so dodgy. <laughs> 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 you could just see him sort of shaking and his arm going underneath the camera.
0: <laughs> what, what looks like There's some food remnants <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh you you'd say it was a slutty photo if she was in her 20s but she was 11 and um and the the parents and like the aunts and the grandparents had all commented on it saying oh you look so beautiful and covered like covered in makeup and she was only 11 and showing everything she shouldn't be showing um yeah. and you just think like oh god you know back when i was 11 you were running around in jelly uh, Crocs, and you were—if um, <laughs> you had makeup on, it, it was because your auntie had given you some blue eye shadow for Christmas, and, um, and, and your auntie gave you blue eye shadow for Christmas. Hey, it was a—you uh, know—it was the nineties, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah. Um, Uh, but now times are different and things mean different things and that's quite normal now and but I think also kind of I think some parents have responsibilities to go act your age um but is that acting that age for this for this generation I I
1: don't know no it's definitely not there's still age appropriate behavior and parents like almost approving of things like that they're just essentially it's like I, I'm probably going to get some flack for saying things like this, but I don't believe in beating around the bush. But it's pimping out your own child, allowing them to behave like that. You're, you're putting them to an can be approached, attacked and assaulted by everybody in the world. You are literally, it's like putting up a poster outside of the school of your daughter looking like that. You are literally leaving them wide open to all kinds of behavior and if as a parent you can't see that that's wrong um then you shouldn't be a parent but that's where uh, that's where the responsibility comes in that's where the education should come in if a parent can't see that an 11 year old showing themselves like that with a full face of makeup is inappropriate and um, then we have a, an even bigger problem to deal with that's where the education should be not the platforms dealing with stuff like that
0: yeah definitely definitely what do you um so on the, on the kind of the the ethics part or the ethics topic or theme i should say what are your thoughts on like nike's latest uh dare i say marketing ploy even if we know that that's the the right phrase for it but this this obviously is a picture that's all going around virally around their plus size model mannequins
1: yeah i definitely think nike have engineered this they are known for um being divisive they are known for being um socially conscious so they would have had a proper strategy behind the fact that yes clothes active wear clothes for the bigger figure um, that's part of their socially conscious um marketing strategy but they would also know that that would be divisive there would be a certain faction because it's the fitness industry Um, they know as well as we do what can happen. They monitor it like God knows what. So they would, I imagine, have let that run, possibly planted some seeds of um, division. Um, But they're definitely, Nike are storytellers. They tell stories with their campaigns. I mean, the Colin Kaepernick, um, just do it campaign was so i mean people burning nike stuff um in in protest in response to an advert i mean ha- that you can't get more divisive than that and this is in the uk is is kind of it's a big thing everybody's talking about it and um, the article in the telegraph by i think her name is tanya gold Um, was just disgusting. She's known for being um, a hard-faced bitch anyway, but there was just no, there was just no empathy. There was no understanding of um, fitness or health or anything in her article. It was just slamming um, obese people. But Nike would see this happening. They would have predicted that that might happen. Um, They specialise in water cooler moments Um, I call them, so people talking about it at the water cooler at work, people discussing it um, in Facebook groups, people sharing it on... um, That's a viral campaign. I mean, you've done Nike's work for them.
2: It's uh, a bit like the... Well, yeah, it's a talking point, isn't it? If people are talking about it, it's better than a a billboard going unnoticed, even if it's a bit of um, controversy. Is, Is there any sort of thing as bad publicity? Well, yeah, there probably is, but when it's kind of, you know, something that causes debate that's not bad publicity is it um,
1: no but nobody's gone back to Nike and said um they're the bad people for doing this it's all like they're pit it's the public pitting against each other mm. you've got one side saying it's um it's promoting obesity and the other side saying it's inclusive it's inclusive for everyone there's no reason why um obese people can't have workout gear that they're comfortable in Yeah. and um, so it's um yeah, it's interesting to watch it play out online and how everybody has I like I love how everybody jumps on a bandwagon um I can pretty much predict when one's gonna happen now it's there's a definite pattern for things that uh, the fitness industry will will jump in on and it's quite I can always tell who's in what camp as well because of <laughs> their and this is the thing about ethics um, and about your consistent messaging so if people are consistently um, combative. If people are consistently um, ragging um, other people's methods, then I know, and, every, and their audience knows. Anybody that's following them will know that they're they're like a dog with a bone. Anything that comes out like this, they're going to be on it. But is that spreading ethical messaging? Is that sp- is that doing any good? Is that helping anyone? No. I mean, if you're if you can put your hand on your heart and say. The stuff that I'm doing, sometimes it might be combative. Sometimes it might be a little bit um, controversial. Am I doing it to help? Then that's fine. If you're doing it to help and you can put your hand on your heart and say, I'm doing this to help, that's fine. But if you're doing it to um, basically say, I know more than you, Uh, I'm one of the industry leaders or um, my way is better than yours, Um, you're a dickhead and I'm not, then it's terrible terrible behavior and you should probably not have a business
0: it's something that I think most of us have done done it certainly done in the past and I was obviously famously called a knob jockey by doing him a call for doing so (laughs)
1: which
0: I don't regret I don't regret for one moment so because it gives Um, you a a story to tell (laughs) yeah uh, but I must admit, again, a bit like the whole conversation around Facebook debates, etc, etc, over the past couple of years, it's just something that I just don't really see much value in. I think it echoes the points you've just made, Tanya. Um, I would say that my intentions were probably always, for the most part, good. Mm -hmm. Albeit, Without a doubt, there would have been something crept in there that you just want to be right. Because that's that's, the internet debates, we want to be right, and that isn't necessarily then a good intention, but it's not obviously it's no as most things are in most walks of life so
1: yeah uh, i mean we're all guilty of doing it you're not alone in that but and anybody that says they haven't got into an argument and carried it on just because they wanted to be right is a liar we have all done it but it's when you do it to a level that is just um wrong and is distracting basically yeah. if you if you can say like if you go into something and it's a debate and like oh, I have this rule. If it's not going to make me a friend, if it's not going to make me an industry connection or be a possible client, I don't talk to them. I just don't I don't get involved. If I'm not learning, if I'm not growing, or if I'm not making money from a conversation, I won't have it. Oh, yeah,
0: that's a good rule to have. I say Yeah, because
1: otherwise I'd be on there all, all day. I mean, i get yeah. paid to be on social media, but you know, there has to be a time when I have to come off of it.
0: For sure. I I was gonna say like the the point around kind of like calling out or you know like that type of messaging we were talking about. Yeah. The the the, the thing is is kind of and this is my this is kind of what I, I anecdotally have kind of noticed, I suppose. Um, from from my own do, of doing of it and obviously from seeing kind of like you know, and it, it might be the fact that I kind of or we tend to surround ourselves by very similar individuals. So we kind of got our own little echo chamber possibly going, but it's the same people kind of using the same tactic. And I just find it a little bit trite, if it's the right word, just because you kind of you're not really teaching many people anything new by calling most people out because all you are probably really doing is actually just getting circle jerked by the people that already agree with you. You know, yeah exactly of, you know you're calling out Davina McCall because oh my god she replaced white sugar in her brownie mix for molasses and a gas syrup whatever the hell she put in there and it's like <laughs> it's the same thing Davina it's like everyone I that I that read that and followed it were like yeah I know that like oh well done for calling her out oh, well done. it's like I haven't really taught anyone anything new I haven't kind of expanded someone's knowledge to say that actually you know what you don't need to buy these expensive ingredients because actually it's the same outcome nutritionally or or, you know chemically yeah Um, uh, so it's kind of like oh well what did I really achieve by doing it then other than make myself look a bit of a prat in front of like a celebrity so
1: yeah and that's the problem with the call-out culture is it's generally an echo chamber um, knee-jerk reaction to something and people I don't like people being called out individually I don't like individual targeting of any kind. I am more than happy to have misinformation dealt with, but I don't like it when personal um, behaviour is brought into it because you don't know their intention. You don't know their exact level of knowledge. You don't know the ramifications of what they're putting out. All you know is what you know. Um, So to pull someone else down just because you know something that they don't It's bloody ridiculous. Um, And your audience don't give a shit either. They will see you slugging someone and they go, he's not a very nice person. That's Davina McCall. (laughs) Like, it it will literally have that immediate, when you make somebody else look bad, you make yourself look bad. It's a really, like, kind of fluffy um, attitude to stuff. But it's true. When you start a conversation or you start a connection by saying um actually you're wrong and i'm right this is why it's not received very well at all there are ways to do this kind of stuff and there's ways to call out misinformation but you're on social media to attract business you're on social media to make friends you're not there to tell somebody that they're wrong
0: no and to be fair yeah she she certainly uh certainly um, retorted re- or well enough to say, I can't remember what word she used, she said something like, well, that's a shame. If you'd have been nicer, we maybe could have worked together and kind of, I suppose, like implied that obviously we could kind of break misinformation together. I was like, oh.
1: Yeah, I've done it with, uh, with people online before. Like they've had, they've been so engrossed in this argument that they're having that they've missed the people that actually want to to know what they're talking about like there's been threads of like hundreds of comments and you'll get the people go in and go oh i didn't know that can can i can you tell me more about it but the person is so intent on proving the other person wrong that they miss it and that's what that's what pisses me off about um, the call out culture it's just it's so narrow minded and laser focused on destroying someone rather than helping people it's it's to destroy rather than to empower so it's the complete wrong message it's ethically terrible
2: you're on mute Brett
0: did I say what I actually said well it'd be great if I can off mute ironically (laughs) I'd put myself on mute
1: Um... (laughs) you're such a div we're authentic and we are I was
0: just going to say like obviously we're getting well over an hour I think aren't we Um, yeah
1: I can see Ed's getting there and see he wants to go watch Love Island. He's going to have to wait it's, five minutes. It, so it, it's, on,
2: it's on It's bar in the the
0: screen. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, I just want to say a big thank you for obviously spending all the time there on all of that. I, I love chatting about this type of stuff because it's just like I'm obviously not an expert in any way, shape or form, but it's so interesting. Um, do you want to take a minute quickly just to throw out obviously all your handles, details, website. And any plugs you want to, in case you want to try and get any on board?
1: Yeah, well, it's really easy to find me. I mean, Tanya Filer is my Facebook, it's my Instagram, it's my website, tanyafiler.com. So uh, it's very easy to find me.
0: Good. Um, like
2: uh, any good social media guru, uh, your <laughs> names are the same across all platforms. Like, uh, of course they are. Precious, of course
1: they are. There's only one. Other Tanya filer that has probably um, higher SEO than me, and she is a Harvard doctor, so I'm never going to compete with that. <laughs>
0: Before you do go, we uh, like to ask a few questions that are non-topic related, and you say non-nutrition related, but we haven't really spoke specifically about nutrition. But non-non-topic related, mm-hmm. so just for a bit of funsies, you know. Go for uh, it. Love Island or Big Brother?
1: Neither. I don't watch reality TV at if, all.
0: If you really had to pick one.
1: Oh, Big Brother, because of Davina McCall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she hasn't been on it for about 10 years.
0: Has <laughs> she not? See, I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, no, Emma Willis. Yes, Emma Willis.
1: Oh, I like her.
0: She's very nice.
1: Yes, yeah, Big Brother then.
0: She's got great eyes.
1: She has. She's beautiful.
0: I'm I'm joking.
2: <laughs> Sorry big
0: problem is no one will see what happened there Because we don't share the video
2: Well I've um, got the video <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Biceps or banter
1: Oh banter Let's
0: See what I did there
1: Yes I Does, did see what you did there Doesn't
0: that mean that you went Dan and not Mike
1: Um, I don't think either of them Really have impressive biceps at the moment To be or, quite or, honest
0: or, ban- or banter to be fair Yeah no
1: banter level is shocking
0: <laughs> i'm hoping it's better at the weekend for you because obviously um yeah if not it might be a really slow day although you've 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 done a shoot before haven't you so I
1: yeah 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 i've done a shoot with them before i'm i'm more interested in having conversations with chris bailey the photographer to be honest
2: he is people. a really cool guy i shot with him a few yeah. years ago really he looks cool
1: like guy. viking yeah. he's enormous but he really put me at ease when i met him because I have no idea about how to pose and stuff, but he has got the bikini pose down pat for a six foot four Viking looking man. He's pretty dainty.
0: You should see Ed try it. (laughs) Very good. He He was directing our lot and our photo shoot a few weeks ago. Cure I should see him. Uh, I should (laughs) be on the stage in my bikini. (laughs) Probably should, yeah. Um, Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Okay. Any type? Specific type, does
1: it yeah, no. I really like um gnocchi. It's like one of my right. most favourite comfort foods.
0: Can you call call gnocchi pasta? Isn't it like mashed potato? Guess,
1: yeah, but it's kind of it's Italian, isn't it? I call I, I lump it in with pasta.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's Italian. It's all the same. It's all the exactly.
1: Same. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sorry for any Italian listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my favorite burger joint. What's your
1: oh favourite, God. Burger joint? favourite burger joint? Uh, there's one in London and I can never remember what it's called.
0: It's uh, oh, uh, Burger King at Birchanger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you've been doing your homework, haven't you? <laughs>
0: well, I know you live at Bishop's Store food, which is like... I do, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, It does ribs as well. I can't remember what it's called. It's in um, Shoreditch.
0: It's in Shoreditch, does ribs. But rib. yeah, that one.
1: It's uh, a posh uh, burger place.
0: <laughs> it's not a box park or just
1: Yeah, it's in Box Park, yeah. Black Bear. Yes, that's they it.
0: Do, they don't do ribs, do
1: they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure they do.
0: You you might well, I've I've been there once. Um so, I, I although, see,
1: although I was tipsy. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: just, I <laughs> you went not even in Shoreditch, really. <laughs> there is a there is a rib place in uh box bar but I don't think it's obviously not black bear burger but I think that isn't there like uh I can't think what it's called now but it's like the rib shack or something like that yeah yeah not as to say it might not be either maybe same place might not um I know I, all I know is that Ed's impressed with my burger knowledge see that like, I can I can guess a burger place in London just from that uh three listeners will be very impressed with you hey your mum's not
2: impressed with me <laughs> My mum doesn't get easily uh, impressed <laughs> <laughs> uh, Constant <laughs> disappointment
0: <laughs> I was going to say mate She's got you for a son uh, best, best food to build a house from
1: Best food to build a house from Yeah
0: Think gingerbread
1: Mar- Yeah marzipan. marzipan The only reason I'm saying that is because One of my clients today She's a luxury cake maker And I was watching her make this creation Out of marzipan And it was solid oh, okay. <laughs> I That's reckon great. you could build a house from that stuff
0: well, if you've had, obviously, like, wedding cakes or whatever else, the icing goes rock hard after you leave for a while, so it's probably not a bad shout if you had a marty-pan icing.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, this is a this is obviously a big question, so take a second if you need, but big piece – oh, sorry, big. Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Hmm.
1: Best piece of advice I've ever been given would be hmm. – To, To yeah it is there's so many bits of great advice that i've had but probably the one that's had the biggest impact on me lately is to um not censor my message not censor my essence if that makes sense so um we all have like our own way of doing stuff our own way of communicating and we tend to hide behind um our insecurities quite a lot And the only reason we do that is because of fear. And if you just piss off the fear and do what you want to do, the world and everything just gets much nicer to live in. It just becomes, everything becomes much easier and flows when you just push past that fear. And it's something that I've only really started to do recently. I, um, I did a live video facebook live in my group the other day for like half an hour six months ago i would have literally been having anxiety attacks (laughs) before doing that because i was always worried that i'd cock up my words um i'd forget what to say and i'd look like a tip on camera but i was like okay well if that does happen what is the worst outcome from that people will laugh but then they'll just carry on watching because they want to know what i'm going to say so it's silly isn't it how we put those fears those little fears stop us from progressing mm-hmm. with everything
0: I've, I've got i've got two really good quotes actually you'll say kind of advice quotes I kind of they're kind of quotes more than advice that i've been given or read but one was uh, which aligns with what you just said like everyone's their own um main star in their own film so it's kind of like that aligns with what you're saying like no one gives a shit if you mess up because they're all too busy worried about themselves yes exactly in the superstar so that <laughs> sprung to mind when you said that i think actually that's something that i think a lot of people if they are worried about stuff like that that's what you should consider you know no one gives a hoot about what you're doing you know um the other one and this is brilliant i heard today uh from Hiddleston, it was something like i'm gonna butcher this badly Um everyone gets two lives the second one starts when you realize you only have one
1: ah oh, yeah that's good yeah like, that's good
0: i was like wow that's amazing so it's, kind of, yeah like, it's well. very
1: true and um, without being too sort of melancholy and dramatic but when my best friend passed away three years ago um it really brought home to me just how fragile um mm-hmm. life actually is and how um how i wasn't living to my potential up till that point um so it was like a massive shift in. yeah this is like the time to do stuff because you just never know you never 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 know what is going to happen and people that are just settling for being okay uh yeah just getting up doing the same thing day after day oh my god i i get frustrated mm-hmm. <laughs> by people that do that but then it's like yeah that's their life you focus on your own but yeah it's massively um life-changing when you realize that yeah we're not here for very long yeah,
2: absolutely I, I was uh watching uh I missed all the Britain's Got Talent uh, finals the semi-finals and everything so I was just watching as background TV whilst doing work um, <laughs> and um, the they had a comedian on and he was like oh give us a cheer if you uh, basically hate your job and literally two-thirds of the audience cheered and I was just like why why do you do a job that you hate all right some people just you know hate work and that that's the type of person they are but yeah it's kind of on that sort of similar vein just like if if i'm bored or if i'm not happy then i change it and i you know i do something that, I, that does make me happy so like i've got numerous businesses on the side because i get bored so easily so i do things to occupy my time if i'm not doing anything then i get bored so yeah i've got loads of little projects on the side that i kind of do to, to fill the time um i just i don't get people who hate things and don't do things and yeah it's weird
1: Yeah, I'm like you, I I get bored very quickly, which is why my job is so great, because I have so many different people that I work with, different um, businesses that I become, I don't get bored, I don't have time to get bored, because I'm learning new stuff all the time, and I will always have a challenge of some sort in the pipeline, so like this photo shoot dieting for the last 18 months has been like my physical challenge, and then once I've done this, I've got to find myself something else to, to push for because i only feel like i'm living when i'm outside of that that fear bubble like when i'm pushed out into that constant um i like that anxiety feeling because that tells me that i'm alive and that i'm progressing and i'm growing without that it's kind of like what do i do like i can't sit and do nothing it it just drives me mad
0: yeah We're, no, exactly. we got very philosophical and deep
1: there haven't we haven't we
0: <laughs> to to continue on the finale uh, yep. a most philosophical question would you rather would you rather right so this is you have got to pay attention because if you're paying attention
1: before,
0: um would you rather be attacked by one horse sized duck or a thousand <laughs> duck sized horses oh my god there was a hundred not a thousand uh, both are terrifying 100 yes 100 100 let's go 100
1: (laughs) so yeah 100 duck-sized horses yeah i've got more chance of kicking them out of the way than a massive horse-sized duck (laughs) everyone
0: says this everyone says i'm going to just kick them and then i have to kind of refute a little bit uh, yeah, no,
1: I, would, I wouldn't actually kick them. I wouldn't want to because no, no, no. they're like little, little animals.
0: <laughs> oh, well, it's not, it's, not for, it's not for animal cruelty. I, I mean more like horses are hard. Like horses obviously are an incredibly muscular um,
1: animal. Not when they're the size of a duck, they're not. Well,
0: I still think that like, okay, it'd be like, I, I, I think I said it last week. It's like kicking like a, a pit bull. Like, I imagine like... How big be, are your ducks? Well, you know, <laughs> ducks are pretty big and they're very aggressive very aggressive so <laughs> I think like I don't know I think you might kick one or two and you think cool, actually I don't think I'm going to be able to kick a hundred of these like, no
1: no but I've still got more chance of, of um, doing that than a duck uh, a horse sized duck
0: yeah unless because you
1: think how nasty their bills are
0: yeah well obviously I know they don't actually have teeth as such but obviously serrated bills are pretty yeah
1: they've got little ridges inside them yeah. nasty.
0: Um, that was it so that was, that was the philosophical question that we ended on. Um, no, again, I just want a massive thank you for obviously speak, bit, uh, spending the time to speak to us. Um, I'm sure obviously everyone listening will thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I think that's it. So, Wonderful. Yeah, I'll let, I think we need to let Ed get off. It's like 12, 30 minutes in. He's probably going to be in the first ad break now. Gonna <laughs>
2: literally, yeah. I'm going
1: to have to watch it on Plus One. And I've got eight litres of water inside me at the
0: moment. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Someone needs a pee. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let you get off pee then, Jesus. Um,
1: Thanks. <laughs> see you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. See Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.